Hey, what's poppin', guys? This is the Dallas Rays Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Alexander. Today's May 27th. It's a great day outside. Nice and sunny. 73 degrees. A great spring day for this week. We're edging closer and closer to the summer season. And since it's a great day, baseball players, softball players out there, take advantage of it. Go get some practice in. Of course. And while we're pertaining to that, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 8. And thank you for following us on this journey not just on the podcast, but also on our Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast. We like to thank you again because yesterday we actually posted our team ranking, number 17. Um, hint, hint, Chicago Cubs. But <laughs> we, we posted that and we got the most likes we've ever gotten on a picture. 122 and still counting. And that's been up for, I think, like 10, 12 hours so far. Yeah. And then the, the most we've had before that were 37, the St. Louis Cardinals. So keep looking up. Keep commenting. Let us know what you think. And as always, stay healthy, stay safe, six feet apart, wear masks, the usual. Let's but, get into the news. Let's start with the first news article. So we're going to um, let everyone know about injuries that are happening throughout the league. So we have the Oakland A's. They'll be very happy to announce that starting pitcher Daniel Megden, who had elbow surgery in February, he wasn't slated to come back for later in the season. He's 95% ready. He's ready to go. New York Yankees fans will also be happy to hear the starting pitcher James Paxton, who had low, lower, excuse me, lower back spinal surgery, is 100% ready for the season to start. That's going to be good for them. Great for their starting rotation. But unfortunately, Pittsburgh Pirates fans, you're going to not be happy to hear that your second baseman, Kevin Kramer, will have hip surgery. So he'll be out for four to six months. You probably won't see him this season. But he'll be geared and ready for 2021. Uh, we have a new proposal for the MLB. Uh, cutting salaries is what we're talking about. The highest paid players in baseball will be cutting their salaries to less than 40% of their full salaries, which is what they had in the regular season. And also the lower paid guys will be taking a cut, but we don't know the exact number. It's probably not going to okay. be as much. And also employees of the stadiums will be taking cuts as well. Uh, talking about cuts though, Marlins are paying minor leaguers through August. And it's only through August. It's, they're going to be paid up $400 a week, Okay. but A's will stop paying their players in June. Ooh. Well, that, that's the same the case. we got to hope that everyone's saving up their money during this time, yes. taking up maybe a second job, if anything. Yes. But let's move on to more positive news. If you like baseball just as much as we do, and you want to get away, maybe a bachelor's party, or you're just trying to hang out with your friends, or anything, honestly, go check out Airbnb. And now, not just any Airbnb, go to Pensacola, Florida. The Pensacola Blue Who's the double-A team affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, owned by Bubba Watson, pro golfer. He's, he's won the Masters before, and now he owns the double-A team. Is charging $1,500 night for the maximum of 10 guests, full access to the batting cage, the fields, the locker room. You get your own bed. You get food. No extra cost. Only plus the regular fees per Airbnb, and you got security blocking everyone from coming in. It's only the 10 of you get the whole field to get everything you want. I mean, I can only imagine how fun that would yeah. be. A boys weekend. Or just, just a weekend a, with the fam. You can have a whole mm-hmm. field set with the, you can do whatever the guys you want. and then you have one batter. That would be awesome. Game. You know what that sound is? It's time for Alexander's fun fact of the day. Now, Spencer, obviously the game has changed since 1920, am I right? Well, yeah, it's 100 years. So... There was this era, it was called the dead ball era, where no one hit home runs, no one hit anything, and there was like not a lot of great catches and stuff like that. So 
what they did was, if it bounced once and then it went over the fence, it was considered a home run. What? And if it bounced once and they caught it, it was considered like a fly ball. Obviously, you know now, it has to go over on the fly. Yeah. Like, if you hit a ball, it has to go over on the fly and someone has to catch it on the fly. Or else it's not an out or it's not a home run. But back then, they it was called the bounce rule. And if it bounced once and it went over the fence, it would count as a home run, not a ground rule double. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that changed because that would not do way too many home runs in baseball. Way too many. There's already way too a many outs too. Yeah. Let's get down to the brass tacks and nitty gritty of today's episode. Let's go. So we know the movie theaters are closed right now. We're going to take you to the cinema. More specifically, the baseball cinema. We're going to go over the top 15 baseball movies ever. Ever. Yes, sir. But we only got one rule. No sequels. Yeah, no sequels. No sequels. It's going to be boring. It doesn't, it doesn't count. You just can't do it. All right? Yeah. So we're going to go 15 down to 1. We're going to give you all the facts about the movies. And we're going to give you some trivia that you may or may not know. But most likely... I'm going to be honest. You're not going to know what we're going to be talking about for the trivia. We got some good trivia. Got some good behind-the-scenes footage that we're going to let you in on. So let's start with The Phenom. came out on Netflix in 2016. It was shot in 2016 of present day. They had Johnny Simmons, Ethan Hawke, and Paul Giamatti as the main three. Johnny Simmons played Hopper Gibson. Uh, Hawke played his father, Hopper Sr. And Paul Giamatti played Dr. Mobley, Hopper's uh, therapist. So, Hopper Gibson was an MLB rookie pitcher who struggled a lot with the Atlanta Braves. He had an abusive past with his drugged-up father, Hopper Sr., and he couldn't really focus when he was pitching the ball. He did amazing in the minor leagues. He did really good in um, the offseason, but when it came to the actual MLB, he couldn't get his mind off his dad. His dad always yelled at him. Again, Like I said, he was always on drugs. It, did, it really affected him. It, it fogged his mind. So, the Braves paired him up with Dr. Mobley who was a therapist, and he helped him clear his mind. And if you watch the movie, you'll see how he becomes the ace that the Atlanta Braves originally signed. Yeah, and now let's head into some trivia, obviously, about this. Uh, Paul Giamatti's dad was actually very important to baseball. Might have you not known. He was the commissioner of the MLB at one point. And another good trivia is a reoccurring musical motive was by Mozart. The director, Noah Bushel, described Mozart as the original Phenom. Hence, the name of the movie, The, the Phenom. Phenom. So, he, if most of you don't know, for music, a motif, or motif, is what it's pronounced as. Sorry. <laughs> um, is an idea. An idea, right? It's, it's, an, it's a musical idea that's always passed along, in this case, throughout a whole soundtrack. So, he basically, he used Mozart a lot throughout this movie. Yeah, so that was his original Phenom. Now let's head to number 14, The Natural. It was made in 1984, supposed to be around like the 1939 area where the baseball, you know, was like, it was like an old game. So we got guys like Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, and Glenn Close playing in this movie. Um, this movie is about an unknown middle-aged man comes out of nowhere, and he's hitting nukes. He brings a losing team to a winning team, to all the way to the top. And it's insane. My favorite word to say, it's insane, this movie. Because he, the reason why he's doing so good is because 
he gets a bat that's made from wood out of a tree that was struck by lightning. So all that power that was created by the lightning, he uses. And it's a great movie. I suggest to go, yeah, go definitely. check it out. It's a good classic, for sure. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the movie, since it was set in 1939, there's actually the 100th anniversary of Major League of Baseball. And it's also the same year that the Hall of Fame opened. Now, the character he was talking about is Ray Hobbs, where he got his supernatural powers in the movie The Natural uh, with his bat. His bat had a name, and he was also um, given the chance to throw a game to let the other team win. He's given that chance. So because of these two aspects, he's similar to someone that you guys might know, Shoeless Joe Jackson. We're going to talk about him in a couple other movies that are going to be coming up. But our last fact for this one, which I really liked. So if you're a wrestling fan, I'm calling you out right now. Because this guy, he has a really good quote, and he lives by it. He's lived by it for WWF, not even WWE, WWF. He's lived by it his whole career, and he is his claim to fame from the Hart family. He always says he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Bret Hart, WWE slash WWF legend, took that quote straight from this movie. I mean, who who knows how far he could? Who knows how far he could have even been pushed if he didn't have that quote? I mean, that who knows that a baseball movie would actually help a wrestler push his career forward, right? Yeah. While we're still talking about baseball, let's move on. To number thirteen, we got a movie called Basketball, <laughs> made in nineteen ninety eight. Shot around that time, it follows the characters of Joe Cooper and Doug Remmer, also known as Cooper and Remmer, played by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, respectively. Now we have a lot of superstar athletes. And kind of like commentators that were specialized in in their professions. Cameos. And they were also cameos in the actual movie. So we got Bob Costas, Al Michaels, Dan Patrick, Reggie Jackson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, what more could you ask for? So basically, these, these guys are two stoners, right? They don't know what they're doing with their life. They're stuck at home. And this, 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 like, heads up, this is a guy comedy movie. I'm just going to be honest with you. But it's really funny. So these two guys, Cooper and Remmer, they're like, oh, what do we do with their lives? We keep getting bullied by these people at parties. So they decide to make a game. It's called Basketball. It's a cross between baseball and basketball. They form the Pro Basketball League. They have their own team, the Milwaukee Beers. Now their rival is the Dallas Felons. So the Felons eventually actually want to change a rule in the league that might force both Coop and Remmer out of the own league that they started. That's a great movie to watch. Very funny. Yeah, and we got some very funny and cool trivia. So, the word dude was used 98 times in the film. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was only scripted to be 39 times. I mean... they At, at the end of the movie, they literally had a dude fight talking about dude. <laughs> yeah, they're like, dude, dude. Like well, the rant from Brother Bear. <laughs> also, another cool fun fact, the longtime comedian Chris Farley actually turned down the role of Joe... Lopin, and that would have been, yeah, it would have been, been, been like I. It, it would have been a movie. great movie, yeah. But if it he was on it, it would have been, yeah. been a lot better. I feel. Um, now let's head into number twelve. At the number twelve spot, we got Million Dollar Arm. So this was filmed in twenty fourteen, and with a cast of John Hamm as JB. Yeah, John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah, John Hamm as JB, Pitto Bash, as Amit, and. Uh, Siraj, uh, Sharma, I feel like I'm saying that a little wrong. Sharma, I feel it is, and he plays Rinko. And JB is a sports agent, 
and he's, he has to look for someone to be his client. He's looking for clients and stuff, and he finds a great idea. He's like, I'm going to go to India, and I'm going to get a cricket player or a couple cricket players, and I'm going to turn them into baseball players. So this movie goes along the ups and downs of him and uh, Amit and Raku. Rinku Sin's career. What? Rinku Sin's career. Yeah, Rinku Sin. It goes it goes through their whole entire career and it, it goes through the, the struggles that they have to get um to get like scouts out there. Yeah. And it, it's a lot of ups and downs, but it's a great movie and it's all about culture and it's really nice. So most of you don't know, the star pitcher Rinku Sin, who is arguably one of the main characters in the movie, he's actually a lefty. But his actor pitches righty, so they just told him, keep going righty, we're going to edit you out. And they basically just flip the frame on him. And now, Bill Baxton, who plays the head coach Tom House, was actually known as the coach who helped Nolan Ryan out of the slump for the Texas Rangers. So that's pretty cool to see that a coach, a real-life baseball coach, was in a baseball movie like that. We'll move on to number 11, Eight Men Out. So it was produced and released in 1988, but covers the 1919 Chicago White Sox scandal. The, the cast, I mean, the two main people you might know. If you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, rest in peace, Yondu. Michael Rooker is in this cast, along with Charlie Sheen, who, again, we'll probably talk about him later in the movies. So the 1990 White Sox scandal, for those of you who don't know, Chicago White Sox, they, their owner was not, he was very stingent. He didn't want to pay the players as much. So some of the players, eight men out, eight of the players decided they would go to gamblers and ask them for money to then throw the game. So then they decided to th- to try to throw the World Series and get paid more from the gamblers than to make more money than from their actual owner from their team. So they took these bets and they gambled to lose. Uh, Buck Weaver and Shrewdish Joe Jackson at the last minute tried to turn around. They're like, actually, we don't want you don't want to cheat. We want to try to win. So they try to win, but in the end, the MLB suspends the eight players and Buck Weaver. Just two years later, when they're convicted of this crime for the MLB World Series. And they were in real life, not just the movie, they were banned from Major League Baseball and banned from the Cooperstown Hall of Fame. None of these players or Buck Weaver are allowed to be inducted. Yeah, it, it's sad to see because I, from what I hear, Shoeless Joe Jackson was a great player. Yeah. He couldn't read, but he was good at swinging the bat. Um, now we're going to head some trivia. John Sayles, the director, looks so much like the newspaper writer that he actually played the role himself. Okay. And um, Lefty Williams, one of the eight men out, missed um, the 1988 season due to serving the military, which was a great thing. Now let's head into number 10. Uh, we're talking about Angels in the Outfield. Now this is a Disney movie. This is like one of those magical movies. It's a great movie to watch. I definitely suggest it. So, it's in it, it was made in 1994, supposed to be uh 1962. We they have Danny Glover playing George Knox, Brenda Fricker, and Tony Tony Danza playing. So, Roger who lost his mother is living separate from his father. He Loves the angels, and his dad said he asked his dad, "When will our family ever be normal?" He says, "When the angels win a pennant." So he gets tickets, and he goes to every single game. And this was the year they were doing terrible, and 
for some reason, all this of a sudden... This was 1962, by the way. Yeah, that's what I said. They, for some reason, all the guys started making miraculously plays, and the kid was like, wait, there's angels literally carrying them to make those diving plays, to make those jumping plays. And um, you have to find out, you have to go watch to see if they win the pennant, if his family gets back to normal. Well, while you're watching the movie, since it is a Disney movie, look out for There's a couple Mickey Mouse silhouettes. Just like if you go to Disney World, Disneyland, they do have Mickey Mouse shapes in the movie. Now, if you're also looking for Mickey Mouse, look out for former A's and Cars manager Tony La Russa made a cameo with his family in the fans, or uh, being a fan. Now, another cool fun fact is that Disney actually bought out the Angels Two years after the movie came out in 1996 and owned them from 1996 to 2003. They did a similar thing with the Anaheim Ducks after they made the movie The Mighty Duck. So let's talk about actually uh, another movie at number nine, Moneyball. Came out in 2011. It's based on the 2002 Oakland A's season. Has Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. A loaded cast, nonetheless. So Billy Bean, or Brad Pitt is basically the Oakland HGM. He has no money. They barely give him any money to spend, and his whole goal is how to figure out how to make the perfect team for the Oakland A's at the lowest possible cost. So he goes all over the country, and he tries to find the best team he can to make Oakland A's the champions. Now let's head into some trivia, actually, about it. Since they didn't have enough money for the film... The Dodgers stadium was used, and it was dressed up as every team that the Oakland Athletics visited. Yeah, it was a lower-budget film. Yeah. And it was also the first baseball movie to be nominated for Best Picture Academy Award ever since Field of Dreams. Yeah. So. That's big. <laughs> it's it's got to be a good movie. I suggest watching that one. And now let's head to number eight spot. I got The Bench Warmers. Now, this is a great comedy. It's a good for when you're younger. It's good for when you're now. It's a, any age you are, I think it's a good. You'll probably laugh at this one. Uh, it, it was made in 2006 uh, with the guys. Uh, Rob Schneider plays as Gus. David Spade plays as Richie. John Heater plays as Clark. And there's also some uh, guest cameos from Reggie Jackson. I guess he's in a lot of these movies. <laughs> yeah, he's based on movies all over. So it's three it's three guys. Two of them were like bullied their whole entire life and they they wanna just practice baseball just to say you know, mess around at a baseball field and a kid a youth team comes out of nowhere and they think they're big and bad and they fight they, they play a great game and their the main guy Gus hits slaps home runs. They end up making a whole tournament out of it. And the winner gets a huge, insane stadium. And you got to see the rest. Go check that out. So if you're watching this movie, there's a, there's a couple of hidden gems, I would say. So the director didn't want David Spade's character to wear sunglasses. But there's one scene where he wears sunglasses. And it was actually by mistake. So he was a lot, because it was always sunny outside. There most, if not all, the scenes were shot outside. And he was wearing the glasses... He shot the scene, and they're like, all right, that was too good. You know, no, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. But another cool thing was the final stadium with the championship combines a lot of different parts of MLB's best. So if you know New York Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, had a wedding cake trim on the back wall. Yeah, they had it on there. Chicago Wrigley Field, Ivy Wall, they had it in there. The Boston 
Red Sox, Fenway Park, the Green Monster. That was also in there. And last but not least, Arizona Diamondbacks, Chase Field with the pool behind right field. They also had that in there. So it was almost like the ultimate field with all the MLB aspects. Move on to the next one. At number seven, Field of Dreams. Came out in 1989, starring Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, another ba- two baseball legends as far as the movies, and Ray Liotta. So Kevin Costner plays Ray Kinsella, who's an Iowa farmer. He keeps hearing the dead voices, or the ghosts, of the 1990 Chicago White Sox, who we just talked about with the White Sox scandal. And they tell him, and I quote, if you build it, they will come. So he then actually builds a field for the corrupted team to come back and play on. So the movie basically follows all the struggles he has with trying to open the field in his basically backyard of his farm. And everyone's calling him crazy. Like, dude, you're hearing voice from 1990. It's the 80s. It's almost the 90s. And you're talking about stuff from almost 100 years ago. They're ripping all apart. But it's a great movie and a great baseball classic nonetheless. Some facts about the Field of Dreams. Spencer said one of them. The famous quote, if you build it, he will come, was made from this movie. And also, this this movie was the first uh, to get a picture, the best picture academic, um, myself, my fault, best picture Academy Award. It's the best first baseball movie to ever do that. Nice. Yeah, so it's definitely bro- good. It was, it was more of a serious movie. Yeah. Uh, now heading into number six. Bad News Bears. Uh, so Billy Bob Thornton plays Morris Buttermaker. Greg Kinyar plays Roy Bullock. And Marcia Gay Hayden plays Liz Whitewood. Now, the main character, Morris Buttermaker, he's a former minor league pitcher, and he needs to scrape up scrape up some cash because he's low in, running low. He decides to coach a Little League baseball team. And this Little League Baseball team isn't that good. They have not that good players. They're, no, they have no mechanics whatsoever. They're throwing balls way past each other. It's looking like an awful game out there every game. But Morris has to learn how to bring them together and be them be the good team that they are, they, they he wants them to be. So you got some quick fun facts about that. In the actual trailer... For that movie, the baseball bat says established 1976 because that was the year that the original movie was made. And just to clarify, we're talking about the 2005 remake when we talk about this. So Coach Buttermaker, like he said, he actually has his own business called Chico's Bail Bond. And if you ever watched the original 1976, that is the company that the coach approaches to help them fund for the Little League team in the original movie. But let's talk about number five. We're getting there, folks. The top five baseball movies ever. We're going to put Major League at number five, also a 1989 movie. This cast of Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, and Wesley Snipes. So, it's based on the daughter of an owner who owns the Cleveland Indians. Her name is Rachel Phelps. She's a very mean character, very aggressive, vicious. She does not want the team to do well. The reason for that is she wants an excuse to tell the MLB that she wants to relocate the Cleveland Indians to Florida. She wants to be with my they're in, in Miami with the Marlins. So to do that, she tries to make the whole team lose, make sure that nobody has confidence. She'll tell them that they're garbage just out of nowhere. So this, this funny's got comedy relief. Uh, excuse me, this movie's got re- it's really funny. It's got comedy relief, and I'm gonna give you some of the quick people that are in this movie. So you got the pitcher Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, who's a felon. 
This, this whole team is made up of a bunch of different ragtag. It's almost like it's it, it's a random team. They they scrapped up as much as they could with little money that they were given from the owner, the GM. So they got catcher Jake Taylor, who's an old MLB veteran, really not as mobile anymore. They got third baseman Roger Dom, who's or Dorn, who's really cocky. He's a terrible third base veteran, but again, they're paying him. They got center fielder Willie Mays Hayes. He's basically a ripoff of Willie Mays. He's he's fast. I'll give you that. He's fast and he's got a decent bat, but he's not as good. Nowhere near the power of Willie Mays. And then last but not least, outfielder Pedro Serrano. He's a Cuban voodoo power hitter. Now, I never thought I'd say that sentence, but a Cuban voodoo power hitter. So this ragtag team with these five stars, or I guess you could call them stars, and the rest of the Cleveland Indians do the best they can throughout the season and throughout the movie to win the World Series. Uh, so, some facts. Charlie Sheen admitted to Sports Illustrated that he took steroids to play this role because he had to get big, he had to get strong. So this was one of the ways he did it, using steroids. Also, another one, which is actually pretty funny, a lot of the MLB players have to use aliases when they're out and about, like in the real world. So... The Cubs manager used Jake Taylor as his <laughs> alias, which is the back, the backup catcher, like, or the actually. Well, yeah, he's the a catcher, starting catcher. The starting catcher. Yeah, you're thinking about the second one, which yeah. is a backup. He becomes the manager. Now, but I also heard about Charlie Sheen. He he was a real pitcher. He pitched in high school. He pitched around 88 miles an hour, but his character pitches 101. So they sped it up a little bit, but. It kind of helped that he actually knew how to yeah. pitch. I've always wondered that when I was watching it as a kid. I was like, can he actually do that? Because most baseball movies, sometimes they really can't. It's edited in, but uh-huh. he's a real pitcher. He's, he's prime time. At the number four spot, we got A League of Their Own. So this was filmed in 1992. It's supposed to be around the 1940s area. We have a great cast of Tom Hanks playing Jimmy Dugan, Regina Davis playing Dottie Hinson, and Lori Petty playing Kit Keller. So, this follows the Amer- All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, which is, uh, it, it took place, it took place when most of the men had to fight in World War II. So, this ruthless coach, Jimmy Dugan, he has a tryout and all girls from everywhere come to play for the, uh, the Georgia Peaches, I believe. Well, they, they, they had... And it was a trial for all the teams. And then they were selected based on... It was almost like a draft combine. And they were selected to their teams. But yes, he wasn't the Georgia Peaches. So he was the coach of the Georgia Peaches. And with Dottie and Kit, they brought together a great team. And they were able to do stuff that they people thought at that time wouldn't, women couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So this broke a huge barrier. Yeah, broke out one barrier for baseball, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, the quick facts about this. All the injuries and bruises you see in the real movie are actually real. Like, there was someone who got a strawberry bruise. I forgot which character. That stayed with her for a year. So, like, they, they were actually, you know, sliding. They're doing all that real stuff. Um, in 2012, the movie was actually selected by the U.S. Congress for preservation in the National Archives. So that usually means that the movie has substance that they want to continue showing more generations over and over again because of the history of it. And now Tom Hanks, most of you might know that he was pretty hefty for this role. He was told to gain weight. He gained 30 pounds. And he said his secret, 
Dairy Queen was right across the street where they were always filming. So, I mean, I wouldn't personally want to gain that much weight, but if I had to do it, Dairy Queen would be the way to go. Yeah, I love sure. a good blizzard. But let's move on to number three, Bull Durham. Okay, by 1988, follows, uh, here we go, baseball legend for the movies again, Kevin Costner. So, Andy Savoy is known to have an affair with one minor league player each year. This year, it's Durham Bulls, who is the um, AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, pitcher, Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch. He's a pitcher, and the, the, the Bulls bring in the catcher, Kevin Costner's character. They bring him in. His name is Crash Davis. He's a minor league baseball veteran catcher. He comes in, and he's helping him out. It is more, of, again, of like a serious movie, a little bit of comedy relief. And they both, both of these, the catcher and the pitcher, usually a battery together. The totally opposite. They have to figure out how to come together. And they actually fight over the girl who's supposed to be with the pitcher. So it, it's a great movie. Top three across the board. And if you if you like baseball movies, this is definitely one of the ones to go with. So the director, Ron Shelton, was a former minor league baseball player. And he used his experience to like help out the story. And also Charlie Sheen who also is a baseball legend in the movies. In the movies. Um, he was considered for the role of Nuke Lelouch. Lelouch, my fault. The pitcher, yeah. The pitcher. But he already said he was a part of Eight Men Out, so he mm-hmm. wasn't be or able to participate in Bull Durham. That would have been definitely interesting if he would have been in this one, too. Yeah. Because that, that, that movie was really close to Major League. Yeah. So he'd been a pitcher twice, and be, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's for the better. At the number two spot, yes, we are at number two already, 42. So this was uh, shot in... Fairly recently. Yeah, yeah 2013. 2013. And it was supposed to be in 1947. Uh, Chad Chadwick Boseman plays the role of Jackie Robinson, and Harrison Ford plays the role of Brand, Branch Rickey. So Jackie Robinson, as you guys might have known, he played in the Negro League. And he was a phenomenal player. He was a speedy guy, and he hit good shots in the gap and everything like that. Branch Rickey was a major league team executive, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first person to bring an African American guy into the all white MLB league." And he did that, and he brought Jackie. And Jackie Robinson goes through all these. Like, he has to go through like, a bunch of hardships because it's it, in order to break that barrier, like he did in real life. There's so many different negative people he had to go past to make this actually happen. And this shows, like this movie shows all the things he had to go through, and all like the, all the pain he had to go through. And but nonetheless, he's a great player. He uh-huh. was very versatile. Played many different positions. He's a power hitter at times. Sometimes he was just getting on base. But actually, in 1997, the MLB retired number 42 across the board. Mariano Rivera was the last player to wear number 42. And in 2014, no player was allowed to say that they can pick that number. And that's very iconic. Another iconic thing about it is April 15th is now, well, it's been declared since that day, Jackie Robinson Day. So every, that's the only day that you'll see the number 42 on a baseball uniform. Is every player all around baseball gets to wear the number 42 on their uniform for that day. And another thing is that this film actually broke the record for the highest box office opening weekend for baseball movies ever. 
And the one before this was, like we talked about in 2006, The Ventromers. So you got two great movies right there, back to back. Now we move to number one slot. Can we get a drum roll, Xander? Alright, we got the flams. It is The Sandlot. Came out in 1993, was set in 1962 with Art LaFleur and James Earl Jones. And like we said, another baseball mu uh, movie, not music, legend. <laughs> this film follows Scotty Smalls, who moves to a brand new neighborhood and is encouraged to play baseball by Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Now, he joins uh, another ragtag group of baseball players. Ham, Squints, Yeah Yeah, Kenny, Bertram, Tommy Repeat, and his brother Timmy. They basically play baseball. They eat some s'mores. They have fun. Fireworks, hot dogs. They go to a carnival. It's a great movie. But they almost have a little bit too much fun when a certain special baseball goes missing. And this movie follows how they get it back. Now let's add some fun facts about this one. The movie, they didn't have a lot of time to shoot the movie. It was actually shot in 42 days. Most movies take, like, four months to shoot. Mm -hmm. This one only took 42 days. Must have been good work by the young crew. And also, the, um, the P-Flyers were brought back for a limited time for this movie. And for those who don't know, those are the shoes that Benny the Jet Rodriguez wears at some point in the movie that we will not spoil. Uh, but also... All the all the players were all the the younger the young kids the the ragtag crew as you like to say they were wearing all the, the Chuck Converses mm -hmm. and P flyers PF flyers and the older and younger Bennies were played by real life brothers so they were actually oh, brothers the younger okay. one played the younger Benny I mean, that and the older one why played the older Benny they look so much alike yeah they were <laughs> I was really like that, they're really good at casting but I mean uh -huh. yeah, I guess they're really good at casting. <laughs> Alright guys, that was our number one slot. We went for 15 to 1, the top 15 baseball movies. Thank you so much for tuning in. We would like you to follow our Instagram at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and following us on this baseball journey. Let's bring baseball back. Stay safe.